Thanks for tuning into this episode of Swag Dad and my sit down with the highly successful and highly respected car dealership owner, John Hughes. Now guys, in this interview, we go into John's background and how he grew up and came from humble beginnings and how through a combination of his passion, discipline, and just good old hard work, reached the heights of corporate success and operates now one of Australia's most successful automotive businesses. In this interview, John also goes into detail explaining the significance of just starting something new for yourself. To take that fear of starting something new, you step into it, you also step into your greatness. So if you are someone with a goal watching this, I encourage you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the amazing story of John Hughes. John, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. And very honored and privileged to be here. I can only imagine and I can only hope that at 83 years of age, I still have your passion, your drive, and your work ethic. So much respect um, in that regard, but really just want to pick your brains and go back to your childhood and your experiences growing up through through Fremantle and how that was for you. I was uh, born in Beaconsfield. Uh, my father initially was a bus conductor, bus driver rather, my mother was a bus conductor. That's how they met actually. Um, during, he went to the war, when he came back from the war, he got a job at the uh, Fremantle Harbour Trust as a mechanic. We, we had no money. Um, so when he, he came back, we moved out of Beaconsfield and went to East Fremantle. First lesson, things you never forget. Because we were in a war service home, it was very small. I shared a very small bedroom with two other brothers. And I've got to tell you, I hated it. I would too. Hated it. And that, with a number of other things that occurred to me in my early youth, drove me that whilst I never really knew then what I wanted to be, I surely knew what I did not want to be. Sharing a bedroom was smaller than that, or anything similar to that. So that was the first lesson. Um, my mother had kept me in the convent up in King Street in East Fremantle a bit too long. By the time I got to about, I suppose, 10 or 11, 12, I had to go down to a big rough, tough school. It was called Christian Brothers, Christian Brothers College in Fremantle. It's still there. In fact, I go down first week of February every year and talk to the year 12 boys and give them a bit of, a bit of my history and some uh, things to do and learn from. So, but because my mother had kept me in that convent a little too long, by well, the time I got to that big rough, tough school, all the boys had been together. Uh, for a number of years and they formed their own little groups and I was the odd one out and it didn't help that in those days I used to stutter and stammer somewhat but I've got to tell you again lesson I remember in the first few weeks I was in that big rough tough school we we're in a physics laboratory involving a powder in a test tube in a liquid there was some of the powder left over it was called precipitation I remember that much it's a long time ago I had to calculate arithmetically how much of the powder was left. Benches down both sides, one along the back, <clears throat> 26 boys in the class. I happened to be right up the back in the right-hand corner. The brother said, <coughs> after we'd done the exercise, the brother said, I want you to work out your answer. Don't show your answer to anyone and don't speak till I point to you. And if some of us older people can remember, that's the way they used to run schools with discipline. Yeah. And I got discipline at Christian Brothers, I can tell you. Okay, so I write down point 001, that was my answer. Point to the first boy, the first 
on the bench, left-hand bench. Call out your answer, 0 0.01, 0 0.01. Third boy, 0 0.01. Fourth boy, ducks of the class the previous year, 0 0.01. 0 0.01, 0 0.01, 0 0.01, 0 0.01, 0 0.01, 25 times, till it comes to me, the last boy in the corner, the new boy. Yeah. For some unknown reason, as the simpering, shy, callow, stuttering youth in that big, rough, tough school, I bit the bullet and I stuttered out 0 0.001. They all turned around and jeered at me. The dummy, the new boy in the corner. I was right. I was right. Never forgotten that. You know, you stand up for yourself. You're not a pushover. You know, I wonder, you think about it, I wonder how many of those 25 boys really had the right answer written down. They couldn't and all be wrong, because the yeah. first one bleeds out short, like, yeah. they're all like a pack of sheep. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Don't follow the mob. Yeah. Has that always been instilled in you? Absolutely, yeah. from that very moment on. Always my, be a leader, not a follower, just... All, all yeah. of the above. Yeah. And, and, and never be embarrassed or ashamed to say no. Yeah. You know, that doesn't suit me. No, I don't want to do that. We'd go, to, we'd go to the movies at 15, 14, 15, 16, and you know, we were young, gawky kids with pimples and things. And yeah. We'd stand out there and my mates would pull out a cigarette, go like this. I thought, why are they doing that? Oh, because they wanted to be seen to be growing up and adults big people. I thought, well, if I'm going to do that to show that I'm adult, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. So in my entire life, I've had that much of a cigarette for the very reason. Often, a very good reason not to do something because everybody else does it. Yeah. You know, what is different? Just what what is can different. I change? Anyway, um, I, I got my final year of school. It was yeah. a leaving certificate, TEE, whatever it's called now. But, yeah. And I wanted to be a lawyer, but we never had the money and I had to get a job. So I applied for a number of jobs, uh, mainly as an accountant, but the yeah. problem was I couldn't add up. <laughs> <laughs> I often wondered why I couldn't get a job and then we realised that I wasn't cut out to be an accountant until finally, end of January and I was desperate because I'd been, I'd been looking for a job for six or seven weeks. I got off a job in Canberra as a personnel cadet in the Department of External Territories. Never been outside of WA before, rarely been outside of Fremantle before. I'm a Fremantle yeah, boy. Yeah. And that meant something in those days. Frio was way out. So anyway, I get on this plane and I, I get to Canberra Airport at four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Canberra Airport then was like a bus stop today, very small. Nobody there to meet me. I didn't know where I was staying. I didn't know where I was working. I sat on the bench and I cried. If I had enough money, if my parents have had enough money, I'd have been on the next plane back, but I was stuck. Yeah. So I did 18 months in Canberra. Is um, your family there, John? No, 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 one, no, one. no nobody. Mm. Stayed in a guest house called Reed House. I had to share a communal Bathroom and oh, shocking. Dreadful. How old are you around this time? Seventeen years and 17. two months old. <laughs> I was I was a boy, yeah. and I did part-time university and part-time in the department. Worked in the department, did part-time university, psychology, English, political science, and I hated it. Hated Canberra, but national service was in, and they sent me to a place called Puckapunyal. I call it Pucker for short, it's just out of Seymour in Victoria. <clears throat> and I've got to tell you, I went in a boy mm -hmm. and three months later I came out a man. Wow. Now I got discipline which I apply to myself and I applied all of my staff 
from two sources, Christian Brothers yeah. and National Service. And if I had any say in running this government federally, everybody would be doing National Service today. Oh, for sure. Good for you. Anyway, it was halfway through the following year and I wanted to get back home. I was terribly homesick. So I had saved up enough money for the airfare back home. It was the middle of the year. Jobs were not easy to get. I really wanted still to be an accountant. But I saw it advertised in the paper. Wanted Clark, Atwood Motors, Stirling Street, Perth. Now I'm a Fremantle boy. I didn't know where Stirling Street was. So I get off the bus and walk around. There's this lovely showroom with new cars. So I walk up there and I said, I'm here for the job. And I said, oh son, it's not here. It's 300 yards down the road. It was a broken down old ex-horse stable where they panel beated cars and in those days if you've had an accident in your car now with the right hand front guard they throw it off and put a new one on those days they'd get a hammer and a dolly and go bang, bang and crash and dirt and noise oh, wow. anyway I did that till the end of the year then I got offered a job as an assistant accountant and when I told Atwoods I was leaving the sales manager came down and said look we think you've got a bit of potential how would you like to be a sales cadet but there was something Something inside of me, I used to creep into the used car manager's used car yard at lunchtime and I was sitting in all these Triumph Vanguards and Ford Pilots and, and oh, <laughs> so I wanted to sell and I kept saying Atwoods, I want to sell and they said, you're not ready yet, you're too young. Yeah. Then I offered a job in Fremantle, selling Austins, I'm abbreviating a very long story. Yeah. Um, anyway, I rejoined Atwoods because they opened in Fremantle. And together with a chap called Peter Young and his father owned the business, owned Atwoods, we got involved in the used car business okay. and I loved it. We had a company called, they had a company which I ran called Motorama yeah. and we had oh, 10 or 12 outlets and I ran the whole thing. I just want to touch on that story, John, because um, I've read something and I think in your mid-twenties, you're about 23 around this age. And you had a knot in your, uh, in, in, in your stomach. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're cutting into my story here. <laughs> no, sorry. You're not supposed to do that. Okay, well, yeah, I, and I just want just to just No, I was older. Look, I'd just gotten married. Okay. I'd just gotten married and I bought a house and I borrowed the deposit on the house. Oh. I had no money. Mm. I was 32, not 23. Oh, you got it wrong. Okay, sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't good enough at 23. <laughs> I had to wait until I was 32. And I used to wake up in the morning, three or four o'clock, with a knot in my gut. I had all the tests, there was nothing wrong. Yeah. But the knot in my gut persisted. Then one day, I saw advertised in the paper for auction, a service station site at 196 Albany Highway, Victoria Park, just over the causeway. Of course, I didn't go to the auction because I had no money, but something perversely, something was driving me. I rang up the agent the next morning, rather hoping in a way that he tell me that it had been sold so I could get the monkey off my back. Mm -hmm. It hadn't sold. So I didn't sleep very well that next night. And I rang them the next morning and made them an offer they couldn't possibly accept. 125,000 pounds or dollars, whatever it was. This is 1969. Okay. Uh, 5% deposit in 60 days, another 5% in another 60 days, full settlement 120 days after that. They couldn't accept that. Is this by yourself? You went in a partnership with anyone? No, all on your own. So I slept well that night, knowing I wouldn't get it. Well, they rang me the next morning and said, it's yours. <laughs> so I had to walk up and down St George's Service with my briefcase, borrowed 125% of what I needed, wow. which you could do in those days. Mm. But the minute I'd made that decision, took on that enormous, overwhelming financial burden, way outside my comfort yeah. zone, the knot in my gut went away. Yeah. 
Because that was my body telling me, John, you're not destined to work for other people. You've got to go out and do it yourself. So I kicked off. Then the builder was slow right here. This is the yard. The builder was slow in getting the, the, the building ready. And I had to make the first payment before I'd sold a car. They nearly went bankrupt before I started. Fortunately, I was able to get a very quick lease on the yard, still there, corner of 6th Avenue on Beaufort Street. I went over there with one other salesperson. We bought the cars, sold the cars, cleaned the cars. I worked 18 hours a day, seven days a week, sold 92 cars in my very first month out there, and that gave me the cash flow to keep that's this great. place going. To get the land going. That's amazing. So that's, 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 that's the background of it. Oh, wow. Just on that, John, because I know a couple of our viewers may have that knot. And I'm actually really excited to ask you this directly because um, how did you manage to feel the fear, feel scared, and still take that step anyway? I, I just felt I had to try. Okay. And I would never have forgiven myself had I not tried. Now, that would have stayed with me forever. Yeah. John, why didn't you? Why didn't you? Yeah. It may not have worked. Yeah. But then I could have gone back and did what I was doing before, managing, selling cars and making a good living. No, as long as, as, long as your goals aren't too far reaching yeah. and as long as you're not, my, I'm probably not a good example, I overextended far too much, as long as you don't put too much at, too much at risk, yeah. uh, you should try, you should do it. Otherwise, well, I don't think you can live with yourself. It's always going to say, this, I should have, I could have, yeah. why didn't yeah. I? You don't want to have those doubtful negative thoughts. Yeah. Give it a go. Just give it a go, have a crack. Have a go. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. John, um, fast forward to now. Fast forward to where you are now. What is a typical day for John Hughes? I focus entirely what I do. Yeah. I'm totally intense without being, I can go to a cocktail party or yeah. a party and I don't talk cars. I'm, yeah. I'm an interesting enough guy, I think. Yeah. But all I do is I, you know, I totally focus on what I'm doing. Yeah. I eat, sleep, drink and breathe my business. i just so passionate about it. And I love people with passion. The world is full of passionless people, you know. I get them, they ring me up and they think, God almighty, how do you get out of bed in the morning, some of you people? You know, what is it? They're listless, they're lifeless, they've got no drive, they've got no sense of direction. So, uh, you know, I'm very, very focused on what I do. I never listen to music or radio when I'm driving into the office. In the morning, I am focused and I'm concentrating. And on Sundays, I do three or four hours at home in my study. I get everything ready and I work out and I know where I'm going. And I get here at half past seven, eight o'clock on Monday morning and boy, I'm ready to go. And by nine o'clock, woof, got everything cleared out, everything sorted out. Going home is different. Okay. You know, you're winding down. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you this one too. Anyone listening in here that's in business or interested in getting into business, I listen to uh, music and uh, there's a song by a singer called Peggy Lee and she sings a song says, is that all there is? Now, I'm imagining, it may not be crazy, I'm imagining she's dancing around in a, on a dance floor, <clears throat> probably the same dance, same dance floor, listening to the same music. And the words of the, music, the song is, is that all there is? Is that all there is? If that's all there is, my friend, then let's keep dancing, round and around, same dance floor, same music. So when you go back to your office or your place of work, I say to people, ask yourself, is this all there is? Is there no more? 
Is that all there is? Is this all there is? Is this all we could be doing? Is there any more we could be doing? What are we missing? Ask the question. Yeah. Is this yeah. all there is? Yeah. You know, dance around and round yeah. and round to the yeah. same music yeah. every day. Yeah. Why don't you try a different dance step? Why don't you try a different that's, music? Why don't you try another place? That's incredible, yeah. Just on that, yeah. I, I don't be careful, I'm not arguing against myself, but <laughs> Alan Bond was a friend of mine. He married my cousin Eileen, and I learned a lot from Alan. He said to me once, he said, John, you're like the engine driver who drives the train from Perth to Fremantle back. He said, you might be a good engine driver, but all you do is go from Perth to Fremantle back, single track, one-minded, you know. So next morning when I'm shaving, I think, should I be buying telephone companies in Chili's and Channel 9 and WA newspapers, which Bondi did. I didn't have the ability and I didn't have the money. All I'm doing now is I'm still driving that train from Perth to Fremantle back, but I've got to tell you, seriously, I reckon I'm one of the very best engine drivers in the world. But having said that, is that all there is? Yeah. When you're driving that train, you think, is that all there is? Is there a better way of driving yeah. it? Could more I do it faster? Could I leave a bit earlier? Yeah. Could I get a few more passengers? Gotcha. Could I drop off a few staff? You know, you keep questioning. Yeah. But stick to the knitting. Yeah. Stick, stick to, to what the... you do best. Yeah. I know what I'm very good at. I yeah. know what I'm not good at. Yeah. And I leave the not good past to people who are people far who better are. at it than I am. As long as you keep your eye on it, you know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. And this is a John Hughes-ism. Okay. If you heard this, if anybody out there seeing this has heard this, it came from me. It's a total original. I think handling the strains and stresses and pressures of life is very much like a game of cricket. You've got a piece of wood in your hand called a bat. You've got three sticks behind you called stumps. You've got 10 people out there wanting to catch you out. Yeah. And you've got one person at the other end who's going to throw a hard, round, red ball at you six times. Now, on average, four of those six balls you don't touch. Mm. You don't play them because you might get caught yeah. out. So you put your bat on your shoulder, whichever let the ball go harmlessly past. It will not affect you. It will yeah. not hit you out. It won't hurt you. Yeah. You're still in the game if you let them go. Just let it go. Yeah. Envy, frustration, fear of rejection, fear of depression, fear of rejection, depression, self-doubt, low self-esteem. Limiting beliefs. Yeah. All of those. Don't play them. They won't affect you if you don't touch them. Put your bat on your shoulder, let them go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I shoulder my bat ah. 25, 30 times a day. But now on average, one of those good balls is what they call on good lengths and it's right on the middle of the stick. You've got to deal with that. Yeah. So you get your body behind the bat and you go bang. You, you kill it, you put it away. Can't, yeah. can't, hurt, can't touch you, can't hurt you anymore. Now, on average, one of those six balls is a loose ball you can score from, it's an opportunity. Yeah. So there's too many people try to play every ball. Too few people know which ball to let go, which ball to block, and which ball to score from. Okay, perfect. Let it go. go. Don't very simple. Very don't simple. sweat yeah. the small stuff. stuff. You know, going. people get agitated. They get a scratch on their car. Oh, yeah. It's not multiple sclerosis. Yeah. It's not Parkinson's. <laughs> not. For God's sake, keep things in perspective. Yeah. And keep this thing. <clears throat> keep this thing. Absolutely squeaky clear yeah. I can or I can't 
I will or I won't. It's yes or it's no. It's black or it's white. Yeah. So, say, what would your advice be to a, first of a 20-year-old John Hughes, to a 40-year-old John Hughes, and to a 65-year-old John Hughes? Assuming they all want to break out and do their own thing. Correct. All right, well, the first thing is, the 45s and the 60s should have the advantage yep. over a 20-year-old. You really need to understand the business that you're going to go into. Um, you know, if you're 20 year old and you want to be a, I don't know, I don't know what do you do, what 20, what you want to do, and you've had no experience, mm -hmm. don't do it. Go and work for somebody okay. and learn from them for at least five years until you get to know the business and you get the contacts. Yeah. Well, I could never have achieved what I achieved when I went out with my briefcase and borrowed 120% yeah. of the money that I needed way back then if I hadn't had contacts through the car business with the financiers and they knew me, they knew my reputation and I used that. Okay. And I needed the experience that I've had in working for Atwood Motors, yeah. gunning the confidence and the ability and the knowledge that I had. So don't go into a business too soon unless you know all no, about it. That's the first thing. Don't go in undercapitalized. People who go into business generally fail for three reasons. Number one, they haven't got sufficient knowledge about what they're doing. Number two, they go in undercapitalized you don't start a business and make money in the first 12 months you don't and the third thing is they don't get correct accounting advice and they get mixed they, you'd be surprised how many people don't really get mixed up between gross profit and net profit and, you know cost of sale so get correct accounting advice and know what you're doing get your figures every month this is what i've grossed this is what my expenses this was my budget this is my actual this is a very month and year to date this is what you do now, if you're a 40-year-old, if you're a 40-year-old wanting to go into business for yourself, I would think you're probably pretty dissatisfied. Not happy with what you've done, or maybe you think it could be better. I've got a gentleman now, I won't mention his name, he's, he's 50, he works in a government department, wants to sell cars. Nothing wrong with that at all. Just a complete career change. Um, what do you need to bring to that? Um, well, you've got to be careful that at 40 you've still got, well, I guess you've got the drive, the passion you're and the enthusiasm, that, otherwise that you wouldn't be doing to, it, to but you've still yourself. got to and yeah. get that through. The advantage you've got, you've got maturity, yeah. you know, and, and, and you've got responsibilities. You've got wife and family and a house generally, so. But that normally means that you think twice and three times before you make the step. At 20, you'll do it like that. You're not that. as bold as, as you are No, you're not. Well, you've got more, more to lose. Yeah. So if you're at that stage, around the 40, wanting to make a step, only risk what you can afford to lose. Go into business understanding that whatever you put in, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000, be prepared to write it off. Don't put your house at risk. Don't mortgage your house, house to go into to a business. Don't uh -uh. okay. do that. Because if it doesn't work, you can't have you can't, your children, family have to riff over their head. So, by all means, go for it. By all means, borrow, but don't, don't, don't exceed. At 65, wow, I love to see people at 65 wanting a career change. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, they should definitely get into business for themselves. No risk. I'm not talking about changing job. Yeah, going out and doing do something. Have a go so it doesn't matter what it is. You're driving an Uber, or yeah. maybe you buy a. Uh, uh, you know, a news agency round or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. 
get out and do something different. Perfect. What advice do you have, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the, the business, balancing business and family? Ah, that's the best question. Best question you could ever ask. Mr. Hughes, how do you balance your family and your business time? That's a hard one, particularly when you're younger and you're building the business and raising a family. Yeah, I think a majority of the uh, audience into the category, I'll, yeah. You chunk your time. You chunk your chunk time. it. Okay. It's taken me a long while to get it. You chunk it. Now, I get here at 8 o'clock and I leave it. I used to leave at 6. I'm leaving 5 now, a little bit earlier. But I eat at the desk, you know that. My lunch is here. I never. Yeah. I had somebody come in the other day and said, John, we must go out for lunch. I said, no. I said to Jasmine, my PA, Jasmine, how long have you been with me? She said, five years. Mm -hmm. I said, Jasmine, in all of that time, how many times have I been out for lunch? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what do you go out for lunch for? Fifteen minutes to get there, yeah, half, no, three quarters an hour. You might even eat too much. You yeah. might even have a glass of wine, God forbid. Fifteen minutes to get back. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So, talking about chunking the time. Okay. Um, so I get here at, let's just say roughly, eight o'clock, I'll leave at five. So that's nine hours and I'm full on. Yeah. My wife doesn't ring me during those eight or nine hours. Why should you? What am I, what, what is it that can't wait? The house is burning down. What am I going to do? Going to get a garden hose and spray out of it? I'm a fiber guy for God's sake. But when I get home, that's her time. That's family time. I never take and I never make a business call from six o'clock till eight o'clock in the morning. I chuck my time. I'll tell you a story about uh, Alan Bond again. Alan was uh, on Channel 9 and he was chairing a meeting in June and he wanted to make a sale in London of his one of those uh, airship things he had in the air. Wanted to make a sale out of his London-based company in June, obviously, because it make the books look good. And it got to quarter past six. And at that stage, I had a young family. So I said, uh, Alan, it's quarter past six and I'm going home. Alan was pretty aggressive. He said, you bloody what? I said, Alan, it's quarter past six and I'm going home. Go home, tuck the children into bed, read them a story. That's what you do. He said, you can't go home. Channel Nine's most important decision. Channel Nine's going to make this entire year. It's $5 million, $3 million for the thing and $2 million for the infrastructure at Mascot Airport. So I stood up and I said to the others, I said, I'm the only non-executive director. Channel Nine need one of those things like they need on a hole in the head. I said to the company secretary, put me down as a no you're all going to vote for it anyway, and I'm going home. And a week later, I was no longer a director of Channel 9. Yeah, wow. Who pulls your strings? You stand up for yourself. Yeah. I chunk my time. Yeah. I was going to be home to tuck the children into bed and read them a story. I didn't care what it was. Yeah. Channel 9, Channel whatever. It Just do it. Prioritise your time. Prioritise it. Yeah. And I never talk business at home. Uh -huh. I switch off completely. Okay. I think I can... Try and live in watertight yeah. compartments. Definitely. Not easy, you've got to discipline yourself, yeah. but you can. Because yeah. this thing is a muscle. It's yeah. like anything else, you, you exercise training. Enough. Of course yeah. you can. Yeah. Awesome. The key principles that I'm learning from our discussion are your work ethic um, and your passion. That's what I can feel. But I really just want to go into your company philosophy um, and what John Hughes stands for. Yeah, good one. A long time ago, I was trying to come up, I hate these terms, company philosophy, mission statement, yeah. business credo, whatever. Um, I wanted, in a few words, to encapsulate for all of my staff, no matter what their ranking or position in the company, I wanted to tell them where we came from, where we are now, 
where we want to be in the future, but more importantly, how were we going to get there? And I almost gave up. It was too hard. Too many words and didn't mean anything. And then one day I got a complaint letter from a customer. The final paragraph, a couple of, a couple of issues here. Final paragraph, Mr. Hughes, these incidents detract from the image of your company. And I quote, friendly and efficient company, trading with integrity and determined to give its customers the best of service. All I did was put the word very in front of best. And there was my, I printed it out, pasted it, gave it all my managers, said improve on this without adding one word. Well, they couldn't, of course. So there it is there, it's up on the wall, it's on the, on the uh, service base of all of my technicians, on the back of all of our business cards. It's not just words on a piece of paper. We are, like I stand up and say, we are a friendly and efficient company, trading with integrity and determined to give our customers the very best of service. And that's what I do. I lead by example. You can't, you can't preach. You've got to get out and show. You've got to be there. I get out in front and I've got a big bass drum and I go boom, 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 boom. They all expected to fall in line and march in unison. Now, if somebody comes up with a better drum to beat, I'll give it a try. Yeah. If there's a better way of beating yeah. the drum, I'll give it a try. But unless they do that, I expect them to fall in line and march in step. Just on the, the drum and, the, you know, trying different things, what do you suggest in terms for an entrepreneur to, to stay focused on one thing or try different things and see where it fits in? Yeah, that's a hard one. Depends on the person. On the person. Uh, look. Your first instinct to say is to, is to get something and, and work with it and okay. try hard with it. Yeah. But if in your heart of hearts you lose interest in it or you think it's too hard, it's not what you want to do, then don't just, is that all there is? Don't yeah. go around still in that circle. Yeah. But don't give up too easily, gotcha. but don't stay too long. It's not good to, that's <laughs> a very hard one to answer because okay. it depends very much on your personality and that's where you get outside advice. You talk to senior people, people in the business, you talk to accountants or friends and, and get their advice on that. Don't be afraid to change direction yeah. as long as you don't change direction too quickly and as long as you don't change direction for the wrong reasons. Okay. That's, that's a hard one to answer. Oh, that's okay. So it just comes down to the person. And, yeah, it does. And really but don't give up too soon. Yeah. Okay. If I had to give a time frame on it, if I had to, and it varies tremendously, yeah. at least a couple of years. Minimum one year, maximum years. two years, and if you had and enough, pivot and readjust. then move on. Yeah. Just got one more question before we lead into a game. Uh, John, there's a bit of a game that we play at the end. Um, and, and the question is just in terms of what challenges? Challenges, if someone's facing a challenge, what, what do you say in terms of your mindset? Um, I probably already know this question, the answer, what you're going to say, but how does someone persevere through those challenges and what has kind of like pushed you? And why are you so driven into making, uh, making sure that they achieve those goals that they have set out this year or any year? Well, I think it just gets back to having that single-minded focus. Focus, focus. I see that that's that, that's that railway track from Perth to Fremantle and back. Yeah. You know, I can never be shunted off to yeah. North Fremantle or Cottesloe. You know, I'm Perth from Fremantle. Yeah. And that's it. Nothing. The wind will blow yeah. me, and the hurricanes okay. will come, and there'll be a flood, and yeah. all of that. I'm still doing still that. No one's going to. No one's going to get me away from that. Yeah. Um, it's just being. It gets back to discipline. It's been yeah. getting being disciplined and being. 
not being easily dislodged. You've got to be flexible, but you can't be, you know, it's a hard one. You've got to listen to people, but you can't be too influenced yeah. by people. You know what a lot of it boils down to? It boils down <laughs> to this. It's really down to you yeah. and you yeah. and you. You yeah. know, we're all different. Yeah. You, can, you can have these parameters, yeah. but I'm, I'll never be like you. You'll never be like me. Or I'll never be like a person over there. We're all different. Yeah. Just be the best version of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And feel good about yourself too. Put your head on the pillow at night and think, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Whether you work for yourself or somebody else, I put in a good day's work. I go and put my hand out on Friday for my pay or get a new bank account, whatever you do. I deserve that. Yeah. Awesome. And, I, and when I talk to the year 12 boys at CBC, I say, you get a job when you finish at five, you knock off at five and you finish your work at three. You go to your boss and say, boss, I'm finished. Give me some more to do because I'm here till five. Yeah. You know, If they have an hour for lunch, you take half an hour. They get to work at eight, you get there a quarter of the way. They not got five, you're not got five fifteen. It's what you do. Nice. Well, so much value, John. Uh, now what's this game? Just gonna finish up with this game. So the, how the game goes is I'm gonna fire you a couple of words. Now this is a surprise. All right, go on. Wow. <laughs> it's a bit of a I used to be good at words. I used to read to the class at C B C but that's a long while ago. This is this is pretty easy. Pretty simple. I'll keep it well, it's a very simple game. So I'll fire off a couple of words. And just one word that comes oh, yeah, I know just, this. just one word that comes to your head. I did this in psychology. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, okay. so it should be easy. Right, and you get it. Yeah, go on. So uh, the first word is passion. First word. Focus. Uh, the only rule of the game is you can't re repeat the same word. Money. Success. Success. Happiness. Challenges. Positive. Entrepreneurship. Exciting. Business. Challenging. And the last one, John Hughes' legacy. Uh, well, I can't, I, I can't say that in one, one word. One, one word. word. Trustworthy. Awesome. John, thank you so much for your time. Okay. Is that all there is? Break out the boo.